What's up, everybody? This is Coach Greg Hoy with PlayingForEnvelopes.com. Yes, we are PlayingForEnvelopes.com, and the name of this podcast is Get Your Envelope, where we're going to talk about branding athletes, national recruiting, five stars, no stars, parents, coaches. We're all going to have them here on the podcast talking about college recruiting and the atmosphere of college recruiting. Let's get into this now. Media Marketing and Promotions is an independently owned marketing and promotions company handling all your social media, event planning, brand marketing, and promotional needs for small, nonprofit, and big corporations. If you need more information about rates and services or more, call 443-252-3923 or log on to the website at nice2mediamarketing.com. Urban Media Today talks sports with Ray Porter Jr., Vince Butts, and Trevin A. Jones on Urban Media Today Radio. It's game time! Urban Media Today talks sports. Trevin A. Jones. I said my name first again. I didn't mean to, fellas. I promise you. You got Vince Butts. You got Ray Porter Jr. Ray Porter Jr. You got Coach Greg <laughs> Wade Jr. Again, too many juniors. Keith Black Jr. is going to join us, and John McCann is going to join us as well. But brothers, if you don't know and you see me beaming, it's for a reason. Coach reached out and grabbed the illustrious Rahib Rocket Ismail. Uh, I say illustrious because I've seen his brother play, I want to say since high school, but I might have to correct myself, but definitely at Notre Dame without question. Uh, and then de- definitely in the CFL, without question. And then in the NFL. Welcome, my brother. Tell people about yourself, and then we're going to start from there. And I forgive me, because I'm excited. Okay, well, yo, man, I'm thankful. Thankful, Greg, for reaching out, man. Salute to you, brothers, for putting on this platform, man, and doing it in a way that's excellent. Um, shucks, my name is Rocket Ismael, for those who don't know. And I am a father. Um, I'm a husband, 25 years married to my wife. We have four children. Uh, oldest is 24, 20, I have a 24-year-old son, 22-year-old daughter, 21-year-old daughter, and a 17-year-old son. And we live here in Dallas, Texas. We got here in 1999 because I came here uh, to play with the Cal- Dallas Cowboys after finishing up in Carolina. and Prior to Carolina in my NFL career, I played in Oakland. Then before that was Los Angeles. Before that was in Toronto. Before that, I had a college career at the University of Notre Dame. Before that, I went to high school, played football in northeastern Pennsylvania, um, right down the street from Dunder Mifflin Stopping Grounds on the office, if you're all familiar with that. Um, in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, I played at Myers High High school, the Mighty Mohawks in full effect. And then before that, I was in New Jersey, North New Jersey to be specific, where I lived until my father died uh, when I was 10 years old. And after my father died, my mother took the burden on of my three brothers and I. And it was a situation where she was always out working, always out having to, you know, make ends meet. And 
my grandmother on my mother's side in Detroit, Michigan. We went to live with her for six months, uh, came back. And then my 77-year-old grandmother in Wilkes-Barre, that's how we got to Wilkes-Barre, she was like, yo, bring these brothers to, to live with me. And that's how we, the journey started in Pennsylvania. And so that's uh, a background in regards to my, my football. And I know this is a sports show, so I don't know if you just want to keep it football or get personal or- No, brother, you've done things off the field as well. Uh, so just to show that how you transcended football and went into the business realm. I know you've done a couple of things in the business area, uh, some not successful, but some very successful. And I think you motivational speaker tools as well, correct? Absolutely. So, so when I, when I was in football, when I, my wife and I got married, she, we were, I met her in Los Angeles. We were always in the music industry or in that arena, if you will, and, and always loved it and making music. And, you know, back in the day, I used to freestyle with my brothers and cats in the locker room. Just, I'm sure everybody in here at one point or another, uh, into the cypher and, and, and hit them with my name is whatever and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, um, so that love of music, we started a record company, uh, Cos Records at the time. And that was right after we finished, um, that was like 2003, 2002, 2003 till like 2006. And then the, the arena that I'm in now, and I did, it was kind of by accident because I really didn't know that this was something that I could do, but as far as speaking and motivating and inspiring cats, it it was just people would see it in me. They'd see something I didn't see in myself, and it just organically started to grow, man. To I'm getting ready. To, I well, a bunch of gigs had to get canceled these last couple. Let's see, the end of last month and this month, but I just got a a Merrill Lynch deal where. I'm actually going to be doing it on the computer here. They, they're going to use a different platform, but uh, it extends through there. I work with the NFL uh, currently as they have the NFL Legends community, and I've been with them for like six years. So it's a lot of things going on. And it's like I just, like I'm just got off the phone with, with another brother who uh, was a former NFL cat who is – trying to tie me into some business ventures here that uh, should be pretty uh, profitable and beneficial coming up here shortly. So, great. That's awesome. That's Coach, learned. go ahead, because, I mean, you brought him on board. We're going to let you go first, because I got That's so many good. questions I got to ask. I can take up the whole show, but go ahead, Coach. <laughs> that dude got to preach on him, man. You can't get that dude no mic, man. You're going to keep talking, man. So you <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I'm super proud of you. I'm super proud of you, Rocky man. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. We just, uh, you know, we we just we just common brothers, man. You know, uh, all you know, educated brothers, just talking about successful black, you know, black excellence and uh, bringing in some HBCU stuff. And we wanted just to bring you on, man. Just talk a little bit about, you know, your NFL journey. Uh, you can talk a little bit about branding. I know you were probably, I think, one of the first kind of college branded athletes where people really use your brand. You saw your jersey everywhere. Um, and the college kids agreed to go into that. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that a little later on. Um, I don't know how old we are as far as the quarter. Um, you know, how's your son doing, man? Um, you know, how's he doing, man? Oh, so you're talking about Rock. So yeah. he, he's doing – Greg helped my son 
navigate the college realm as far as getting offers. And it was good that Greg stepped in because he had to school me on the current environment. When my son was in high school, I was going off of the blueprint that was back in the, the, the late 80s when I was coming out of high school. So I just thought, oh, we're getting letters in the mail. Uh, that's, you know, that, that happened your junior year. And then your senior year, you know, they'll just start uh, calling and, you know, start doing the visit. And that wasn't happening. I was like, man, okay, well, maybe it's different now. And, and a brother of mine connected me with Greg. And Greg was like, no, nah, man, it's, it's different now. If you don't have certain measurables, that being your height, or if you are a big cat, or if you run in like 4-2, 4-3, if those things aren't like out in front, then essentially, man, it's a, it's a, it's a toss-up on who knows about you. And so all of those things were going on. So salute to Greg for helping us to navigate that world. Um, my son just graduated Wyoming. He didn't get drafted, so he, right as everything was, uh, so the, the COVID environment, it was like a lot of invitations for him. To, and, and the thing about it, on his pro day, he had a turf toe. So he ran and jumped, but everything that he did was like with an injury, if you will. So it wasn't anything that was like wowing the scouts in that arena. So everybody that called us was like, hey, as soon as this, as soon as they allow us to go back to the facilities, we'd like to bring him in to work him out and see how he is, what he looks like, and then from there. So you asked me how my son, he's, man, he's working out right now, getting himself right in this, uh, in, in, in this downtime, if you will, and just preparing so that I, I would imagine if the NFL – we just had a conference call about this. They they hadn't given the, the right now at the facilities, guys who are injured and things like that can can go in and they they're tested and everything. I think coaches will probably be able to go back maybe in the middle of June, perhaps. And then I would imagine from the middle of June to the middle of July, they'll probably start integrating everybody back into the point where they can bring in guys and work them out and getting ready to go into training camp, if nothing, no major spikes happen in the COVID arena, so forth and so on. Right. Let me, um, and I want to tell this story. Maybe we can go to the second quarter. So where, where, we, are, where we at on time? We're good. Go ahead. Okay. So, so let's talk about, you know, I love this story. Um, when we first started, you talked about Notre Dame, Rock. Okay. Uh -huh. And you like, you know, you, you're a Notre Dame, you know, you're God there. Okay. I mean, you know, I hate, but you, you're all American there. Right. But they didn't know anything about your son because just the just the recruiting had changed, um, and I know I know you had some privacy things that was kind of going on, you know, you know, uh, show going on with the with the with the house with the, you know, I don't know what they call that show I forget the name of it, but how Notre Dame they just didn't they didn't think your son was interested or they didn't know really about your son, and here you are, and an all American in recruiting. They just didn't know anything about your son recruiting. So, yeah. So, so watch this. To a couple of things that happened that I, looking back on, I was like, oh, okay. So, so first of all, when Charlie Weiss got there, man, I'm back at the university doing a lot of things. And Charlie Weiss, his, he's like, hey, I graduated from Notre Dame. 
if you went to Notre Dame and your son went to Notre Dame and your son has the ability to play, we're bringing them in. So that was the kind of the Notre Dame floor that was going on. Boom, Charlie Weiss gets let go. Brian Kelly comes in. Brian Kelly, he's like, hey, essentially on the same wavelength until they met Miami at that 2012 National Championship game. <laughs> and I said to you earlier about measurables. So when, I, when you look at a Alabama team and an LSU team, like every single player and is, is prototype in some way. They're, they're a prototype in their physicality and their, and their, their height, weight ratio, and their speed. Uh, somehow there's, there's a prototype. My son was like me, outside of the fact that, and I remember when I went, my coaches took us to Syracuse University back in the day, and we went to go to their training uh, football camp. And we were all running 40s at, in the Carrier Dome. Man, we get to the Carrier Dome, it's about three, 400 campers, and they're just running us up and down, running the 40. Man, I ended up running the 4-3, and it was just like the whole place was like, what kind of alien just landed up in New York? Like they, I ran that so fast. I remember Randy Etzel, and I think it was Ivan Fears. I think he's with the Patriots still. Um, they looked at the forty watches, and then they looked at each other. And so I'm coming back, and you're supposed to get your time from them, and then you take it back to start and give it to the guy. They looked at each other. They totally ignored me. And he and Randy Etzel was like to Ivan, he's like, what'd you get? He's like, no, nah, man, what'd you get? And they looked at their watches again, and then they looked at me, like, hey, we need you to run that again. And so I went back to the front, and they were like, hey, man, what's the deal? And he, what's your time? I was like, uh, they told me I had to run it again. They're like, oh, that's strange. Okay. Well, I get in, bam, run it again. And, man, they got together. I came back to get it, and they were like, man, they totally ignored me. They walked over to the stand where all the parents and co other coaches were, and they said, hey, just go back down. Get out of here. Get out of here. I went back down. I said, they said, what's your time? I said, they didn't tell me. <laughs> the, um, it, and then they were about 45 yards away. And in the stand, there might have been about 200 people all together. And it was like they, and everybody congregated at the finish line. And then it was like an audible wave that worked its way back to us. And I remember it was like the audience, it sounded like this. And I remember so, so my son didn't have that. My son was in the four four range and he wasn't developed yet, but he was slight. I was little the whole nine. And he didn't play running back because running back, he was a receiver. I was a running back in high school. So it's like you're not you're not uh isolated. The camera's not always on you and you need a quarterback, blah, blah, blah. So when my son went to a Notre Dame camp, it was like, they were like, hmm, okay, we'll, uh, on, on, on the strength of you, we'll, we'll let him walk on, and then we'll give him a scholarship the, the next couple of years. And in my mind, I just remember uh, talking to cats who walked on before, and all of them in one way or another were like, hey, man, that walk-on is not no joke, bruh. And it's always better to go where you're appreciated than to go where you're tolerated. And so it was like that was playing in the back of my mind. And I was like, man, on, on top of what I know the environment will be like when they're like, yo, that's Rocket's son? 
yo, let's 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 make it happen. It's like I I I tell my children, and I, I everybody is has this, if you will, this this principle is available to everybody. We're all created in such a way where we are meant to be greater than the generation before us. I don't care how great, how amazing the generation before us is. We're created in a way that we're supposed to create. To, to we can rise above that level because man, one of the greatest cats to walk the earth, they call him Jesus the Christ. This mug was like, yo, you my disciples, greater works will you do? Right. Greater, huh? Okay, if that's okay. what you think. So because of that, I train my children that way, but I also realize that that's something that you have to grow into as an understanding and a knowledge of, and you mature in. So until then, sometimes the expectations of people who mean well can actually make your life more challenging, more difficult than it has to be. So I was like, okay. Then Greg stepped in and he was like, all right, look, this is how we're going to do it. This is how, and, and, and I will say when I, I, at the midnight hour, I was reaching out to like, okay, this, this, this cat, this cat, this cat. Coaches was like, yo, so a lot of coaches, uh, we, I, I sent them over to TCU for a year. They were like, man, I wish we would have known about it. We would have been on top. But then they were like, well, hey, we'll, we'll give them a preferred walk on. And I was just like, okay, cool. And it's like that started that journey. But my understanding, unfortunately, was, like I said, back in the, the late 80s. So I wish I would have known what I know now. And I wish I would have known Greg then. But it all works out for the good, regardless of what the journey and the process is. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's the end of the first quarter. It goes that fast. We play a full game here. Raheem Rocket Ismail is the guest today. And you heard him dropping gems already. And we're going to come right back with more. It's Ever Media Today Talk Sports. You got Mary Porter Jr., Vince Butts, Coach Greg Hoyt Jr., and the Rocket. We'll be right back after this time out. To advertise on Urban Media Today and Urban Media Today Radio with 24-7 exposure and online exclusives, email editor at urbanmediatoday.com. Urban Media Today is an online blog magazine specializing in urban lifestyle, finance, entertainment, HBCU sports, and more. Let's do it. Yeah. Urban Media Today talks sports. Rock is dropping gems like the man has burnt up the track. He's burnt up football fields, and he's doing things off of the football field as well. And he was telling us about his experience and his son and this, the recruiting process. And you know what, Rocket, I have to ask you this question because I can understand what you were talking about. When you're talking about the recruiting process, even when you were in high school, it was totally different from the way it is now. Uh, and you were in northern Pennsylvania, but you came from Jersey. I know all about Jersey, too. That's what's up. Um, depending on what high school you went to, and let's say a player on your team wasn't as good as you were, his tape wasn't getting out there, and the coach wasn't promoting him, correct? Man, correct. And, and let me tell you something. I realized even in colleges like that, because I remember – I remember meeting O.J. McDuffie, Terrence Mathis. Um, it was uh, the brother from Colorado, I forget his name. And it was another brother from 
uh, another, they were, and they were all like kind of that slot receiver, returner combination cat, running back. Well, not a lot of them didn't play running back, but I played running back also. But it was like I realized that because I went to Notre Dame and because the, I, like the timing of when I went there, it was like the resurgence of Notre Dame and the television interest all, all of a sudden was peaked at that time, man, I realized a couple of things. I realized that the games, matter of fact, not, I'm going to say I, we, our mm -hmm. teammates, we'd be in a locker room. And when we look at the schedule, like in the summer when they were, when they were released the schedules and all that stuff back then, bro, we would look at the schedule and be like, okay, this is going to be a Sports Illustrated game. It's going to be an ESPN game. It's going to be a Sports Illustrated. And we would say that meaning if one of us got busy, the chances of us being on the cover of a national publication at the time was like 80%. We knew somebody was going to be on it. So it was like, man, and, and really, when you, if you look at my college career, I wasn't, I, I might have had big moments, but I wasn't like consistently amazing the whole time, like some of the other brothers that I mentioned uh, prior, but I'm, I say all that to say it happens in college as well. It's like if you're marketed in such a way, there's an expectation that people have, like, yo, we got to get that cat. And it's about 25 other dudes that's just as good or better, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's Go ahead, Coach. That's branding. That's, that's, that's what, I mean, you know, being that you played in the big house, you know what I mean, big plays, all those things that you did, man, were just branding opportunities because it comes down to eyeballs. And that's what we talk about in recruiting is like more eyeballs I can get on your son. You know, that, that was going to be the better opportunity for him to pick up scholarship offers throughout the country. And so that's something that we're doing here, you know, on this talk show is just, you know, we're getting eyeballs, you know, branding people like yourself. You're a big brand, man. We're just trying to give people more information about HBCU sports, the opportunities, um, you know, with baseball, football, and then just, just real talk, you know, common conversation what we have right now. Yo, and when you came through school, brother, and I'm going to tell you this, because I'm a, bit, a little bit older than you are. Um, I remember the only thing on TV, Penn State, USC, Notre Dame. Hmm. And when you said the resurgence of Notre Dame football, well, I can go back to Eric Parsegan. But when he was gone, Notre Dame football, I think Notre Dame already had the contract. And when you flashed on the screen, returning punts and kicks off, kickoffs, that was it. So when you talk about the resurgence, as far as I remember as a fan, you were part of that, initiating that. Because when you returned the kickoff, I think against, against Michigan, uh, returned to kickoff back for a touchdown, big game, all of a sudden, all you heard was rocket everywhere. It's rocket. And this weekend, you might get to see the rocket go coast to coast once more, that type of thing. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. You being a player, I know you didn't see it from afar. Mm -hmm. But being involved in that, like you said, you guys looked at games every weekend and knew what big game was going to be a Sports Illustrated game or ESPN game. Man, so yes to everything you said. And the it's like, so when I was a very young child, I – learn to look at things differently because of the experiences that I had. 
And uh, one of the things that I realized, like all of us, we have, when we come into this world, we have the capacity of grace extended to us. And grace, whether it's favor or it's power to accomplish, we have it. Now, when we come into this world, there are forces in this world that don't want us to actually grab a hold of that grace and use it to become uh, the doer of the greater works that we talked about earlier. So one of the things that when you're saying everything you're saying, it was, it's like, when I look back at my life, the timing and the seeds that were planted that were in agreement with what in my heart at five years old I knew I was wanting and called to do. And, 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 and it was only on, on one level. So on that level, that was football. The first time I saw a football game, my sister's watch, we're at a Super Bowl party. My sister's watching the game, and I didn't hear, I didn't know nothing about football. I, didn't, I knew I could run fast at that time, and I knew I could catch a tennis ball with one hand, and I could ride a 10-speed with the girl bar in the middle because at five years old, they were like, yo, this cat is, you know, but – I wasn't even the only one. It was a, a in my neighborhood, there's a lot of people who could do that. But I was one of the elite, if you will, in doing mm -hmm. that. Then when that desire came in my heart, it was like all of a sudden for every challenge or for every obstacle, an answer would come, a remedy would come, a solution would come. And when we since we're talking about Notre Dame, my mm -hmm. grandmother at 77 years old is saying, hey, come sit the boys to, to live with me. I go, she lives in a neighborhood where the high school coach played at Notre Dame. I come at the same time as another young man who's my age, man, was my best friend at the time. His name is Brian DeWire. Mr. DeWire wanted his son to play for this legendary coach. So he moved, he bought a house behind the school moved his family there, and I'm on the field the same time because I went to try out for the mini Mohawks, which was the Pop Warner team. Okay. I was like a week or two old. I was devastated. The coach says, hey, let's go try out for the freshman team. I get over there. All the guys are out there, and they're like big guys. I'm a little scrawny guy. I'm scared out of my mind. I'm, I'm not a very – I'm not like an A personality type cat. So it's like, I just sit back, observe, look around, and boom, Brian DeWire comes over. And every, and it's funny, because everybody's like, hey, what position are you going out for? I was like, running back, because, you know, Franco Harris was my guy. Everybody's like, you going, <laughs> what position are you going out for? And I'm like, running back. And they were like, well, so-and-so is going to be the running back. So-and-so is good. And so I'm like, man, man, long story short, and it didn't make sense if you looked at my circumstances, but Mr. DeWire he would constantly tell me that I was, and, and I'm in seventh grade now, constantly tell me, and, 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 and in seventh grade, just to let you know how small I was, I didn't weigh 100 pounds until the summer before my junior year. Oh. So I'm a little dude, right? And, and this is some hardcore uh, football. And he would essentially plant seed and, and tell me that I was going to do these great things, these amazing things. and that I was going to be known, I was going to go to Notre Dame, and I was going to be amongst those who were mentioned when you talk about the people who 
has significant value and significant accomplishments in the Notre Dame pantheon of football. And he would just tell me stuff, and I'd be like, well, how is this? Okay, well, cool. And it was like, I didn't even know that Notre Dame, I didn't even know high school was a necessary step for my dream to be accomplished of going and playing professional football. I just knew I was going to play professional football, and it was like all of these, like I said, answers, remedies, and solutions will come along the way so that what you saw and what I experienced uh, would be able to happen. Bruh, um, everything you just said, I'm amazed. And I can't fathom you not knowing that you would be that good at football uh, because of the speed that you had and the quickness. Um, and to me, it appeared as though you had the ability to read the field in front of you, especially as a kick and punt return specialist. How do you go from that, get into college at Notre Dame, do your thing, and I'm not in your pocket, so I'm going to let you talk about it, get drafted by the CFL, choose the CFL over the NFL, and have a contract that people don't even talk about but was a huge contract at the time? Bruh, so I'm telling you, the timing and, like – so I was in that, that grace pocket. And how I know I was in that grace pocket is because once I would say about my junior year in high school, I started, you know, like backsliding, we call it. But it was like I wasn't living how I know I was supposed to be living. And I would, you know, step outside the ranks and I'd look around and nothing that I could perceive that was bad would, would happen. So I'd be like, okay, I'm keep on stepping outside and, and whatever. So in spite of that, that's remember, grace is unmerited. You don't have to do it. It's just there for you. It was like I was right in the pocket. And I I just remember after uh y'all remember Bob Hope, all American back in the day? Yep, yep. I remember that team. Remember, mm-hmm. remember they used to have the television show and they would show all the all Americans. Yep. Bob Hope would say something about us, whatever. So I remember after, uh, I think it was my freshman year, I might have made it as a kick returner. um, And we were there, and it was, I think it was Mark Carrier from SC, Leroy Butler from the state. Um, It was Todd Light. It was Chris Zorich. And it was uh, myself. And uh, it was all of us, right? And so – after the – so USC, so Mark Kerr lives out there, and he had this little uh, Volkswagen Jetta, I remember. And he was like, yo, the, uh, the Black Student Association is throwing a party on campus. So I was, I was always down for the party because I knew all the dances. Like whatever, whatever the latest dance was, I, I, I had it. Like I could get it like that, right? And he – we pack into his car – and he takes us, and as we're going there, oh, it's Emmett Smith, okay. Um, as we're going there, they're all talking about, you know, who's going to go pro and take him to the next level. And they kept saying to me, man, you need to go pro. You need to go pro. I was like, what? Go pro? Well, I just started. What are you talking about? Like, no, no, you need to go pro. And so that was planted in my head then. And every year that I would go to it, like, man, if I was you, I'd go pro. I'd go pro. So – after my night, it was 1990, the 1991 uh, Orange Bowl, 
circumstances happened where after that game, Chris Zorich's mom gets he gets home, he finds out that she passed and, and he found her dead. And I woke up at home. My brother told me, yo, man, it's bad news. Come check it out. Long story short, I was just like, man, I think if they're saying I can go pro, I, I might need to go pro right now because, you know, one of my goals was provide for my mother, buy a house, the whole nine. Everything after that, it was just like thrown up in the air. I don't know if the quarter is ending or not, but everything was thrown up in the air. And I, I made the announcement. The next thing I know, I'm talking to five NFL teams. They made a rule after John Elway was drafted. When John Elway was drafted, he went to play baseball because he didn't want to play for the Baltimore Colts at the time. He had it where if you were potentially the first pick of the NFL draft, you had to negotiate your contact contract prior to the actual draft itself and I'm on the phone doing that. They all offered a five-year, $1.5 million contract. And it was going to be a $400,000 $400, signing bonus. And the rest of the 1.5 will be prorated over the five years. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> negotiate more. And all of a sudden, I understood what collusion was. Man, yeah. we off the price, nobody's offering more or less. This is what we want, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna stop you right there. This will be a teaser. <laughs> Collusion, I are laughing and Vincent Ray because we already read, we already read up on you, so we know what's gonna happen next. But it's everybody in today's talk sports. We have the rocket on, he's dropping knowledge. So if you're not paying attention, pay attention. We'll be right back after this time out. The Media Marketing and Promotions is an independently owned marketing and promotions company handling all your social media, event planning, brand marketing, and promotional needs for small, nonprofit, and big corporations. If you need more information about rates and services or more, call 443-252-3923 or log on to the website at nice2mediamarketing.com. You ready, man? Party people in the place to be. Uh-huh. It's about that time. Every media today talks sports. We're here with the Rocket dropping gems. And go ahead, sir. I'm not even going to take up your time. So all of a sudden, I'm in my dorm room, Grace Hall. uh, I was on the third floor at the time. And my roommate, Rusty, and I were in the dorm room. And and, uh, Ralph Wiley calls me. Rest in peace, Ralph Wiley. Man, he was great at helping me navigate you know, finding the right people to, to get on my team back in the day. And the attorney, John Edwards, he called and said, uh, Ralph called and said, John told him that they got a call from this guy named Bruce McNall out of Los Angeles, who was the owner at the time of the Los Angeles Kings. And he was famous in the sports world for his racehorsing, his navigating the, the rare collectibles market, whether it was a, a Honus Wagner card or rare coins. And he brought the great one, Wayne Gretzky, from Canada to Los Angeles in the NHL. And so he said his, those, they called and they want to present to me a plan that they have 
and it involves the CFL. And I was like, okay, what the CFL? I remember watching that at night sometimes when there was nothing else on television and you might get a remote cast or something. Bruh, long story short, uh, the cat sent the private jet out to uh, pick me up in South Bend, Indiana, get to Los Angeles. Bruh, I'm in my college clothes. Like, matter of fact, I'm not in my... I'm in my roommate's clothes that he can't fit anymore because I still, I couldn't fit the clothes that I had when I was still, man, they took me to, uh, they did a, a whole wardrobe change on uh, Rodale Drive, took me to uh, his Century City uh, office, and we chopped it up, and then we went to the forum back in the day, uh, the forum club. The, it was a forum club, with, man, like where the who's who in Hollywood come ahead, whatever. And it was crazy. Talk about the, the the presence of Notre Dame. It's like I'm in there, you know, and Sylvester Stallone and, and, and all his women is coming up to me. And it's like I'm 20 years old. You know what I'm saying? We All these people who are noted in that realm, they all know who I am. And so he ends up telling me that, you know, billionaires hang out with billionaires. So – He's like, hey, the NFL is getting ready to expand in the next five years. They want and, and they want to go international. So he said, I have a plan. Him, he said, I got a guy, Wayne, uh, John Candy, who was a funny actor back in the day, man, and a, an amazing guy. And and Wayne Gretzky, they all partnered and they said, Hey, there's this team in Toronto, Canada, which is like a, a international hub. Toronto's a beautiful city, man, one of my favorite places on earth. And we want to buy that. He said, we want to make you, we want to give you ownership in the team. Whoa. He said, we'll pay you uh, $4 million a year and we'll include you on any, you know, if there's a business opportunity or something that comes across the table, we'll include you in it. So I'm sitting there like, did <laughs> 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 he say four? I, wait a minute, I just talked to the NFL, the, the baddest, the, how, like, how you going to pay me for me? He's like, man, I'm going to pay you the $4 million. It'll be a personal services contract. I'm like, what? And he said, you'll still get your, uh, I, I think, I, I think the minimum was like 100000 uh, Canadian, which was like probably about 70000 American at the time. He's like, we'll give you, a, you'll, you'll get your salary from them and get a salary from them. I was like, oh, sick. So, Ended up in Canada, and, and here's the crazy part. This is how crazy it was. So I didn't have a driver's license. I needed a driver's license. I couldn't afford a car. So uh, I didn't have a driver's license, and we now we're private jacking it, yo, up to Toronto. We land. I don't have a passport. This is the truth. So we're now going through customs. We get to the customs window, and everybody pulls out their passports and stuff, whatever, whatever. And so I'm like, okay, I guess that is going to, man, I'm looking behind the thing and I, I, I uh, see he has a newspaper behind him. And in the newspaper, there, in the sports section, there was a big picture of me on the newspaper. And so when my time came, they were like, uh, passport, sir. I was like, hey, I don't have a passport, man, but, but that's me on the cover of your paper right there. Yo, he turned around, picked it up. He put it up next next to my face. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, welcome to Canada. 
That's dope. That's dope. And, and that's how it went down. That is amazing. And it, but the thing is, I have to ask this question, and I don't want to hog up the show. So please forgive me, because I'm a true fan. I truly mean that. Uh, followed you and your brother. How is does that feel? I mean, you're in your college clothes. This is how it feels. Uh, it felt like, man. I did not. So it, it felt amazing to put, go in this place, and they're like, "Man, like pre treat me like the Prince of Zamunda up in that camp." And <laughs> then, uh, man, you you. This is okay. Here, here we go. It felt like, okay, I guess this is what's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. Like su subconsciously. And I didn't even know. Remember, I told you I was in the, in the grace realm. I was riding that grace wave. It was my 21-year-old mind. Like, I just expect. So, okay, on the football field, I just came to expect that when something needed to happen that was, that, man, we need it right now, I expected that if I had the opportunity to participate in that, it was, we were going to be successful. Like, so everything that happened, even though it was kind of like mind boggling, it was a part of me that just, okay, this is what's supposed to happen next. And, and that, that was, that's the best way I could describe it. That's incredible. Um, I'll ask you more questions later. Ray, Vince, I know you got questions. I know Coach got his questions. But Ray and Vince, we haven't heard from you at all. Please, go ahead and ask. What is this? Quick, real quick before you do this. So, so Rocket, all these dudes are in Philly. All these dudes are in, in, on your on that side of town. I'm in California, so just so you know that they 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 room for you. Go ahead, go ahead, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 near Philly, we're near Philly and Pittsburgh, but close enough. Though you're right, Coach. Absolutely, and I want to say, yeah, I'm a big fan as well, man. I. I followed you uh, from my years in high school. See, that's showing my age. See, I was a sophomore junior at Peabody High School when uh, you came came to that uh, great team. And, um, and, you know, ever since the uh, national championship, y'all beat West Virginia 34-7, I remember. And just really keeping an eye on that team because, you know, the standard was the standard and y'all were it. And uh, the great team, Tony Rice, I mean – Chris Zord, like you mentioned, and I and I was affected I, when when I, I read read up on when his mother had passed away, and I read your your quote too, you know, on how that affected you as well. So I definitely do remember that. And um, Lou Holtz, just a great coach, you know. And then my thing is, it's just like watching the cow. Uh, well, I guess you could say the Cowboys. See, I'm a Steelers fan, but watching the Cowboys or what, and watching the um, Lakers or watching the Yankees. That when Notre Dame was on, it was like EF people were going to watch. And and that deal that y'all that they had with NBC that is that is that is historic, man. For them to for them to strike that deal, and I you know and I, I think that was well deserved. So I enjoy it, and then of course you ended up playing with one of my favorite Steelers, uh, Jerome Bettis, you know, yeah. and you know Ricky Waters. <laughs> uh, you gotta remember, I, I grew up a Steelers fan. Like like it was so hard for me to come to the Cowboys when <laughs> agent. I was like, there is no way this is what God wants for my life, that I play for the Dallas Cowboys. It, that is blasphemy. Like, I felt 
that all up in my inside. <laughs> and, and and let me tell you something. And one of the things, uh, man, so I'm a praying brother, and it, we we can go into that later if y'all want to. Why I how come I how I got to that place? But yeah. one of uh, that being said, one of the things that I know for fact, one of the last bastions where the energy of hate is allowed in culture is in the realm of sports. And I was one of those, man, I love the Steelers so much that anybody who interfered with them in any type of Super Bowl ability, like I hated them to a point. My brother and I used to get in fist fights, man, when he, he would like everybody that the Steelers was playing against. And man, if they lost, I would just, somebody losing a tooth. Like it was crazy. And right. I, I remember just when when Jerry Jones called, like when everybody was calling, I made up my mind. I was like, I'm staying in Carolina. I'm going to be a Panther. I'm going to retire Panther. All good. Man, Jerry Jones called. And he didn't, I, every owner that called me, I was like, uh, oh, I'm all good. Thank you for it. I appreciate you. Oh, we'll make you the highest pay. Nope, I'm, I'm going to be fine. I, I'm just going to stay here. And they were like, okay, well, you know, on to the next one. Jerry Jones, I said that to him. He was like, well, you know, you don't have to make, he was so, like his sales skills are off the charts. And he was like, yo, you don't have to make a decision right now. We, we, we're not in a rush. You don't got to take, man, take the time, talk to your wife. You know, we'd love to fly you down. I'm like, wait, what? I just said no. He's like, hey, man, I'm going to send a check for you. I'm like, oh, my God. So, so I said all that to say, I understand it, but I, this, this is the ultimate understanding that I got. I would never be able to accomplish the full measure of what I was called to accomplish in this earth if I allowed any level of hate to reside in my heart. And mm -hmm. I, I just knew that I had to get over that cowboy hate. Like, I, my hate was so profound that even when we played them in part, like, I would... I would just hope somebody on their team got hurt. Like, <laughs> I'm on the other team, and I'm like, I never wish that. But it was like, I'm so, that's how the enemy gets in, man. That, them devils is, is split. They get in, they get in your heart. And before you know it, you're accepting things. Uh, love your neighbor as yourself. You never want somebody to think that about you. I don't care if they like you or not. Man, I started having those type of thoughts. And my coming to the Cowboys was a part of breaking that in me so that mm -hmm. I would be able to, if I chose to fulfill the full potential that my life on this earth is supposed to man manifest. So mm -hmm. I understand, brother, but uh, continue on. Yeah, brother, so. I don't know. I'm sorry you said that because we're going to visit next because <laughs> I'm trying to get to where you are mm -hmm. every time Ray puts that terrible towel on his shoulder. But I can't make it. I can't get there. <laughs> Uh, almost used okay, the Steelers on, on 2K. I just can't get there yet. But I have respect for the franchise. <laughs> hey, hey, let me tell you something. It, none of us can get there on our own. It is absolutely divine power and divine power only that can get us there. I'm, I'm, that's there the it thing. is. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Go ahead, Vince. So um, one of the, you're, you're one of the few college football players of all time that had the marketing um, opportunity. So <clears throat> looking at now how uh, players are on the cusp of 
be able to, to, to monetize their name, image, likeness. Have you thought about how you would have navigated that process uh, if you were if you had that? So what I, man, I was, everything was a first time experience for me. And I didn't, I, I didn't, I probably did, but didn't know that, that I would have access to whoever was in my shoes. So when I say in my shoes, somebody who in your realm where you are at that particular time in college and had the amount of attention and the amount of notoriety at that time to be able to come in and say, all right, here's how you navigate this. Here's how you navigate uh, the responsibilities. Here's how you navigate the expectations and so forth. So um, I, I, I feel now these young athletes coming up, they're in a good position because they, it could be two, several scenarios. One scenario can be there will be the same sports marketing agencies that handle everybody else's uh, business who are in that arena can now be who they use to help them navigate it. Or what's probably better is that the university, wherever they are, they can have a designated, uh, a better somebody who knows how to vet people that are in that space and knows best case scenarios for your relationship with whoever you're choosing to go with and they can help you navigate that because, and it's in the university's best interest because you're still, even though you, you, you have a brand that's strong enough to, 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 to ride at, and, and have notoriety on its own, you're still connected to the brand of the university. So if I'm a university uh, in, uh, administrator in some capacity, I'm saying, hey, I'm getting the best minds that I have available on my campus and in my Rolodex and saying, hey, here's athlete X and they can blow up. How do we help them navigate it? And how do we help them put, put them in a, in a position where everything that they do right now, even if they don't become a pro on the next level, how they can capture this and what they do in this moment will economically be able to last them and grow uh, for them for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's something that if I'm an administrator on a college campus that I'm definitely uh, talking about right now and, and putting into place because what happens as, and we all know when you get older, your school's always looking for money. Mm -hmm. And when you are in an environment that took care of you, Mm -hmm. and you then it comes around and, and they're like, hey, can you help us out with X, Y? Man, you're like, what? Open the bag. Here you go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like keep that in mind as well. But that that's how I envision an ideal scenario uh, with the young athletes that are about to come into this, this era where you can brand and market yourself. Mm -hmm. Wow, good stuff. I'm going to stop us there. That's the end of the third quarter. We play a full game here. And brother Rocket, we could talk to you forever, bro. Uh, I, I, I'm enjoying the conversation. You know, they said it takes um, heat. I think heat to to um, to cold can create diamonds, correct? So if you take the speed from the rocket, 
put it on to the gems that I mean to the to the nuggets that he's dropping. That means he's dropping gems. <laughs> so, and that's incredible. It's Urban Media Today Talk Sports. We're gonna take a quick time out. Come right back after this. Urban Media Today is your source for entertainment, news, sports, and lifestyle. It's your online resource for health and fitness, providing tips to decrease your heart disease or increase your good spirits. When you can't find who made the top picks in HBCU sports or what part of the country is most exciting or affordable to travel with the entire family, Urban Media Today is there to provide you with all that you need and just a click away. Log on to UrbanMediaToday.com now. Find us on social media. Urban Media Today, your lifestyle information and blog website. Every media today talks sports. You got Ray Porter Jr. Ray Porter Jr. Is he got <laughs> But anyway, man, Vince Butts, William Greg Hoyt Jr. And then we got the Rocket in the house. And the Rocket's been dropping gems. Uh, what I want to do is real quick as we always wrap up. Let's go around the room, uh, bring up something that's impactful. We talked about something that was really big, which I think was very important. But anything else that might have stood out in your mind this week? And we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Vince, we're going to start with you. Um, eight minutes and 46 seconds. Um, I think we have to be better in 2020 and going forward. That's what's up. Ray Porter Jr., what you got, man? Had to unmute there. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I wanted to um, just, you know, thinking about uh, former pit coach, legendary pit coach, Johnny Majors, who passed away yesterday at the age of 85. And um, just thinking about his life. And I, when, I, when, when they won their national championship, I was only four. So when I, when I got to become a pit fan, Jackie Sherrill, his assistant, was coaching. And Dan Marino was on the team and so on. But just looking back in history as I got older and studying it, uh, you know, he was a remarkable man and just knew how to build a program. He came in in 72, took a 1-10 in 10 team, and four years later to a national championship. And, of course, he had one of the best running backs in college football history, and Tony Dorsett on that team. So I just give a salute to that man because of his impact on the university. He did the same with Iowa State. He did the same with Tennessee afterwards. And then he came back to Pitt in 92 under a Back to the Future campaign. And although it wasn't successful, his influence on the, on the campus really made a difference. My old, my good buddy, Curtis Martin, had the chance to be coached by him. So I just give a shout out to um, Mr. Johnny Majors. And, and I'm grateful for his impact to the school and the college football. Wow, Pitt football, Hugh Green, Tony Dorsett. I think they played for him, correct? Um, Dorsett did, Green did not. Green didn't, okay, gotcha. Coach, what you got? And I'm just excited, man, all these uh, top recruits in the country talking about HBCUs. Uh, you know, some of the top recruits are saying, hey, we might, I might want to go to an HBCU. And I think it's, uh, it's ideal, man, that, that uh, some of our athletes are becoming conscious and, and respect HBCUs, knowing that they can go play at a, at, a, at a FAMU or Prairie View and still go to the NFL and have a great experience at an HBCU. And then, you know, uh, like, like Rocket said earlier, bringing some of these well-known super superstars, megastars to be these big boosters on these campuses, right? I mean, the big, they had the big boosters at Alabama and Ole Miss, where I came from. Maybe we had these big boosters at, uh, you know, at a Clark, you know what I'm saying? Or at a, at a Texas, at Texas Southern or at TSU. 
have these guys come out and, and uh, these athletes can go in and have an experience where they're able to see a, a teacher that looks like them, a uh, dated girl that looks like them, uh, possibly, uh, you know, meet a woman who, who doesn't look a certain kind of way from their neighborhood and, and experience uh, what HBCUs has to offer as far as, uh, you know, as far as the major corporations coming in and recruiting our, our, our black magic, what they call it now. They call it the black magic HBCUs. They want that. They want those uh, – those 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 high profile athletes and, and mega stars that are coming out of HBCUs to come and, and do and do a good thing, um, and I'm, I'm excited. My daughter again got into uh, North Carolina Central Law School, uh, so we're excited about that. Tiff, Tiff's gonna be awesome, man. So watch out, world! Here she comes. I'm gonna tell you firsthand. Speaking of HBCUs, then we're gonna give our guests uh, the rocket the last word um, on third on Thursday. Uh, it was announced by the SWAC, that FAMU is leaving the MEAC and actually going to the SWAC. So we're talking about historically black colleges and universities. And if you follow football and basketball, anything HBCU sports-wise, that's going to be big because now FAMU will be in the same conference with Grambling State and Southern University. And I heard that the SWAC is now courting Tennessee State to move from the Ohio Valley Conference to the SWAC as well. Always talked about having a mega conference that could get all the respect deserved at a Division One level. Not that the MEAC is, can't be that conference, but the SWAC might be taking those steps. So FAMU, in the year of 2021, is going to be a full-fledged member of the SWAC. Mr. Rahib Rocket, how do I pronounce your last name correctly? Is it Ishmael? It's Ismael, that's correct. Ismael. No H, Ismael. Ismael, Mr. Sure. Ra- Raheem Rocket Ismael. All right, Go ahead, brother. Man, salute to all you brothers, first of all, for inviting me on. I wish this was a different format. We could talk for a couple more hours. Um, <laughs> my understanding that I would like to bring to everybody who's listening is that all things are possible to them that believe. And when I was younger, I used to just think that was some rhetoric that my grandmother would tell me because she was a Sunday school teacher. And because I was, at the time I was a Muslim and I thought she was just trying to tell us about this white Jesus that was uh, <laughs> supposed to save us all one of these grand days. Well, I, in my, about 40 years old, I think, I had the opportunity to listen to a lecture by a gentleman by the name of Bruce Lipton. And he broke down the biology of belief. If you get a chance to look him up, you got many YouTube videos, and just look up an interview that he does and, and you'll, you'll get what I'm saying. So believing in what you believe and who controls what you believe is vital to your life and the outcome that you get in your life. And one of the things that I wanna leave you with is to remember, even if you believe the absolute best, there's always gonna be an obstacle to challenge what you're believing for. Obstacles are made to get over and you have the capacity to overcome. Understand that just because your circumstances are the truth, that the whole truth still exists. And if it still exists, and if you still have air in your lungs where you can breathe, you have the capacity to apprehend the whole truth in spite of the truth of your circumstances. So my parting words is to remind you 
to violently apprehend. And when I say violently apprehend, not violence against another man, woman, or child, or even another institution, but apprehend within your own heart that all things are possible for them that believe. Nothing shall be impossible. Meditate on that, and the Most High will expand it for you as you continue to grow. Grace and peace. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys. I turn the mic back over to you, Brother Jones. Man, he's dropped so many gems and diamonds. We're rich on this show right now. That's what I'm talking about. And I appreciate those words, brother. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was great. It's Urban Media Today Talks Sports. We got my man Ray Porter Jr. We got my man Vince Bucks, Coach William Greg Hoyt Jr. And Raheem Rocket Ismael. Legendary, and at least in my eyes, from Notre Dame, watching play, CFL, even in the NFL. Um, thank you for blessing us with your time. So as you can see, that's the end of the fourth quarter, and the Rocket is still dropping gems. So we might have to go sudden death open time. So what I want you to do is our show is over now, but gentlemen, we're going to have a separate section of the podcast, which is probably going to run about 20 minutes long. And if you're watching this, you're definitely going to have to watch that later. It's Urban Media Today Talks Sports. We'll see you next week. Urban Media Today Talks Sports. Every week on Urban Media Today Radio, where you can listen in on free music and podcasts on our SoundCloud station at Urban Media Today. And for more information, log on to UrbanMediaToday.com, your lifestyle, entertainment, and sports blog website. What type of games being played? How's it doing there? I get up, all right? Looking for some magic? Urban Media Today Radio. For the very best in adult and urban music, listen to us on our app at TuneIn or Live 365. Urban Media Today features great music, entertainment updates, HBCU sports, breakfast toast and jams mixes for your morning wake-up, and sports. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and register to win prizes on a weekly basis. All right here on Urban Media Today Radio. Wow, what could I say? Another dope podcast. Get your envelope. You can follow us on Instagram at Playing for Envelopes. Or you can always go to our website at playingforenvelopes.com. And remember, get your envelope.